It's called wokeness, and it's a plague. A plague that places tyranny before freedom, criminality over virtue, and hate over love. It's a plague that threatens what millions have died for. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. We will fight it. We will defeat it. We will eradicate it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the least woke man in America. Hello, everyone. I am the least woke man in America, and you are the never woke nation. And you know, every podcast, videocast, etc., I start with, I always say, we are fighting against the gunless, godless, free speechless, censorship-ridden hell, proghelia, as I call it, jokingly, that the progressive woke left wants to create in the United States of America. And so, some people think, might think that's just being catchy, or and it's supposed to be somewhat entertaining, of course. But part of it is, I really believe that, and a lot of you do as well, that they have a utopian vision of different areas of life. And rather than having respect for individual rights, which is the core of the American Constitution, the core of Western society, it's more of a, we don't like guns, so nobody should have guns. We don't like meat, so no one should eat meat. We don't want to get COVID. We believe in the vaccine. So everybody should get the vaccine. And this is something for coming from someone who is vaccinated, but absolutely understands that other people um, have the right to not want a shot in their arm. As I mentioned before, Jim Cramer, CNBC financial pundit, um, was for the U.S. military. He's Harvard law educated, by the way, which shows, uh, which is disappointing. And but it shows that you know a person can have a degree from Harvard Law School and still not really understand the essence, the spirit of America, which is kind of sad and scary, really. So he's for the military uh, going to people's houses and uh, excuse me and or, or enforcing the vaccine program. He was unless you establish conscientious objector status. Um, why am I saying this? Because he didn't get in trouble for saying it. Uh, if anything, he was probably secretly a hero among the left. But that's the group we're dealing with. I'm just trying to put perspective here. So some people th might be, think I'm exaggerating when I say that, but there is a clat, just a and, and you know major difference in philosophy here. So and then of course this zealotry, these philosophies have had an incredible effect on both the U.S and global energy situation. And I was drinking my coffee the other morning and I stumbled upon this article in the Wall Street Journal and I realized a similar article was in Bloomberg, uh, hardly a right-wing uh, news source of a couple weeks ago about the bottleneck in gasoline refineries around the world. I did not know much about this, um, but that, and I'm going to comment on it about energy, even though I'm not an energy expert. By the way, guess who is now so not an energy expert? The U.S. Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Gramholm. Uh, I was getting ready for the show, reading <laughs> her biography. Uh, not one day spent in the energy industry. You know, people, the left love to make fun of Rick Perry, you know, former Texas Governor Trump's Secretary of Energy. He might not have worked in energy, but guess what? Texas is kind of a big energy state, and I believe he's on the board of directors of some energy companies, which I know is an unforgivable sin on the left, but left 
but at least you have some exposure to the industry. Based on her Wikipedia page, I saw the only exposure to energy she has is she was um, she was knighted or something by the King of Sweden for um, the uh, sorry uh, the uh, <laughs> for her clean some relationship between Michigan and Sweden when she was the governor and their attempts to work together with clean energy. I have no idea. Anyway, so if I if she doesn't know a freaking thing about energy and she's our secretary of energy, guess what? I mean at least I have an accounting degree. I took economics classes. At least there's something there as far as an appreciation for reality. So anyway, um I see this article, Wall Street Journal Bottleneck fuels record high gas prices. Now, now it makes more sense to me as far as why oil hasn't gone off the charts. How could oil go off the charts as far as the price of oil? Because uh, a lot of people are talking 180, 200, just massive amounts per barrel. Well, if you have a bottleneck gasoline refining, how can you have a massive uh, oil price explosion? Uh, uh, this story is by Christopher Matthews and Peter Santilli. I'll cut to the chase and get to the most important part of the article. It says, um, why are refineries closing if they're so profitable? Typically, demand leads to more investment in supply, but refiners aren't rushing to add capacity. That's because before the pandemic, fuel demand was plateauing in the U.S. and other parts of the world as many countries begin to transition. A very common word on the left for so many different reasons. Transition to cleaner sources uh, when uh, compared to when the pandemic took hold. Uh, companies took down to shut down older plants in the world's richest countries, including the U.S., Australia, and Europe. Despite a resurgence in fuel demand, refining companies, they still believe long-term trajectories haven't changed. The refinery can take up to 20 years to recoup the initial investment, making the current business case for a new plan. Okay, so that last sentence, 20 years to recoup investment. Here's what I really think. And the Chihuahuas can laugh at me all they want. Oh, by the way, there's another line here, which is very important. Uh, U.S. diesel fuel inventories fell to their lowest level in 17 years, according to J.P. Morgan Chase, drawing at a time when their stocks are normally flat or building. So the diesel thing could get worse. But the point is, there's so many problems with this. And I know, like I said, at least I can admit I'm not an energy expert. I doubt our Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, could even do that. I think these projections and the excuse as far as projections is a bunch of BS because how many cars and especially pieces of heavy equipment, military equipment, planes, massive ocean going ships that are rolling off brand new today as we speak, what percentage of them are um, hybrids that run on electricity. Okay, not many. And I know they're looking 20 years out. I, I get it. Okay, but still. Um, so there's there's that part of it. How many houses, I was talking to a contractor, I know a good guy, sharp guy, like him and I were saying, um, the energy grid in these states, anywhere in the U.S., is not, and houses are not wired to charge to electric vehicles, um, which is part of the great utopia it's not even close. The grid is not meant to handle that much electricity. Uh, another side note. You know, I find it's funny. Um, in the Northeast, obviously, from time to time, we get big hurricanes and storms, right? So, like, probably when there's 
storms in your part of the country, you know, utility companies come from all over. You'll see license plates from Virginia, North Carolina, uh, West Virginia, you name it. We get a big storm here. And of course, New York utility company crews go to those states when there's a big storm to get everything cleaned up and fixed as fast as possible. But the crews in the red states, when they get to the highly progressed Northeast, and I have heard this so many times, are dumbfounded at what junk our grid is up here. And of course, people up here will say, oh, it's because it's older and more established. No, it's not. It's because there's so much regulation here that the companies don't have the money and, to, and can't spend the money and remain profitable to update everything like they can in the more pro-business states. That's the story. So um, in a previous podcast, I mentioned that you know your liberal progressive buddies will say, well, what piece of legislation has Joe Biden really passed to hurt the fossil fuel industry? You know, when they're when you're bad mouthing Biden and you know have the little stickers everybody has pointing to the gas prices that with Joe Biden that says I did that, which I think is hilarious. Well, first of all, uh, you can't. There hasn't been legislation passed thanks to mainly Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and the Republicans in the Senate. They know it would never pass. So that's the reason why. Just like Build Back Better, which can you imagine if Build Back Better passed the inflation we would have now and it'd be how much worse it would be than the current inflation? But that's a whole different story, which we will be talking about shortly on the podcast. So um, there hasn't been any legislation passed. Of course not. But as I mentioned in a previous podcast, Jennifer Granholm, who has no energy experience, is now in charge of the Department of Energy. They regulate everything and control everything uh, and, and can find companies, can do whatever they want. And so if you're an investor and you see the winds going this way, are these global green lunatics and the power they have and the sway they have, why, if you're an investor, and that's what people forget about, but investors have choices. You and Without gas refinery, you don't go to your local savings bank and get a loan to start a gas refinery. You need big, wealthy investors, hedge funds, wealthy people, mutual funds, etc. And you have choices. Those investors have choices. They can invest in a pharmaceutical company. They can invest in an entertainment company. They can invest in different types of energy companies. Why would they invest in a company where all the winds are going in the ROP opposite direction but here's the thing mainly for the most part politically doesn't necessarily mean in the real world that hundred year system i'm talking about that eight billion people rely on still needs gasoline so the government entities run by the green lunatics are pushing kind of that uh reducing the profitability let's put it that way via regulation which hurts investors, makes them less likely to invest in gasoline refineries. But like I'm saying, gasoline is still going to be new, used. I don't care what your uh, crazy ge geography professor with a Che Guevara poster in his uh, office says, or Karl Marx poster, gasoline, diesel fuel is going to be needed for a long time on this planet by a lot of people. And there has to be some type of appreciation for that but i'm not seeing so this really concerns me because like it says in the article here and this is with china uh the lockdowns in china 
in some of the most densely populated areas of China. So when China reawakens from this draconian, scary uh, COVID lockdown, which only communists could pull off, so ruthless, right? Um, the, the demand is only, only going to go up even more. So this is scary stuff to me. The lack of appreciation for reality, I, coming from someone who likes the environment, who's all for a long-term phase-in of green. And this article alludes to, well, it's slowly based on 20-year projections. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a delicate deal, and I would feel more comfortable if they just let the free market guide the process, I guess is what I'm saying. But when you mention free market to these people, it's like pulling a pin out of a grenade. The problem with not obeying the free market is when the zealots, the know-it-all green Nazi Ivy League Al Gore John Kerry zealots rush in and pinprick or surgically manipulate the industry, which has been around for 100 years, and it's something that everybody relies on. To me, the whole thing is just like playing with a stick of dynamite. It really is. I hate to sound so dire, but I mean, gasoline. And you can't build these things overnight. You don't just wake up one morning and say, hey, let's build a uh, gasoline refinery. That, 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 that's what's, uh, for, if you look at the number of people, how much is required, how the investment and time it takes to build them. I mean, it's second only to water and food as far as I'm concerned, as far as not something you really don't want to just step in and screw around with if you don't know what the freak you're doing. Um, and, you know, they, and they look at us, I talk about the free market. There, there's this idea out there, and I, I don't know if you realize that among the left, they look at people like you and I, middle-class people who are pro-conservative you know, conservative economically for free markets, and they think we are the biggest, you, just a bunch of naive, patsy, useful idiots to big corporations that we've been brainwashed by the Koch brothers and the Republican Party and Rush Limbaugh and pundits to believe in the free market while it continually ruins our lives, etc. And, and you know it's just amazing. This and you know big corporations, the never-ending left-wing uh, obsession with big corporations, which of course most people that direct deposit that comes every month, every twice a month in their uh, bank accounts, that comes from big corporations. Most of the stocks in your 401k that fund pension funds, even those of hard left-wing government employees, not that all government left-wing employees are uh, left-wing, but you know what I'm saying. All those pension funds, all invested in stocks of big corporations. They all take advantage of the profits of big corporations. So when we say free market, they think we are a bunch of rubes who've been brainwashed. But Take the opposite of the free market, where there's zealotry, where there's just jumping in and start to micromanage everything because the monkeys who are so dumb like you and I uh, need to be protected from themselves. Or my favorite, where you have price controls, which always lead to a living hell, whether it's real estate, housing, food, agriculture. And that's what you have. And so it's a very disturbing situation for me. Be, uh, because I, 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 like I said, I read this, I was stunned, I didn't know anything about it, shame on me, maybe a lot of you don't either, it explains, as I mentioned before, while oil hasn't exploded like I thought it would, but it also, on the other hand, tells me that gasoline prices, uh, one, uh, won't be going down anytime soon, and two, how about all these people who bought boats, RVs, etc., 
uh, during the Trump years. And uh, now this gas seems to be, I, I don't know, maybe China reawakens. And this is with the disruption in Russia and Ukraine. Could we get the five bucks, six bucks a gallon and just stay there? And what effect does that have on our way of life? And one thing they never take into account, too, is the stress that this puts on the average family in this country. Uh, the discretionary income statistics, what that means in English is uh, money left over after people pay their bills is a joke right now. We're going to do another podcast on that, but the statistics could not be more clear that people are tapping into savings and credit cards like they haven't since 2008 to pay their bills. As James Bullard, the Fed chairman, who I call him James, right about everything Bullard, because he is, while Yellen and Powell and the rest of them, uh, you know, just run around like a Chinese fire drill trying to get rid of this inflation that all of us knew was coming. Um, Bullard has been right about everything. And he has said that, and he said recently, and this is why Joe Biden's speech about inflation was such a joke. Remember the first thing he mentioned was price gouging? When you have a situation, a free market like we for the most part do, and people are literally running out of money every month and tapping into savings and credit cards, like Bullard said, he said, you know, CEOs who want a price gouge are about to get punched in the mouth. What he meant was, uh, there's people who normally show up at higher end stores, like higher end grocery stores, etc., who might be for the first time going to Walmart or going to Dollar General or going to Dollar Tree or joining Costco. So people aren't stupid. People are running out of money. People are more price conscious than ever. People have choices. And the best Biden can come up with is price gouging. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, I laugh, but my God, these are serious subjects. Serious subjects um, that are being managed by a combination of dimwits who aren't that smart or people who are pretty smart, you know, John Kerry's not stupid, all these other people are not stupid, but are just, like I said, there is a colossal lack of respect for reality, for individual rights, for the free market. Uh, there is respect for their utopian vision. And let's just hope the uh, rest of us don't pay uh, too much of a price for it. So we'll see. But I really wanted to bring this up because uh, it takes a lot for me to be stunned at this point. But this one really had me concerned. Well, that's this episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Until next time, I am the least woke man in America.